0: Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Well hello and welcome to episode 62 of Kindled. I'm your host Haley Williams and today I have an awesome conversation for you. It is with Michelle Myers. Michelle is the founder of She Works His Way and if you haven't heard of it, she's going to get into it and explain what it is, but basically it is the organization that you have been looking for your whole life if you are a working mom of any kind. Yes, I will be that bold. I will be that bold as to say such a thing. So Michelle is actually also the author of a book called Famous in Heaven and at Home, a 31-day character study of the Proverbs 31 woman. Michelle and I talk about one million things in this interview, but we do um, have a little bit of a focus on how the more you lead, the more you have to follow and focusing on Christ as our leader rather than trying to be leaders ourselves. I think we all need an amen to that because that message is super popular today and it's just not always all that helpful. You know, we're not really always all the best leaders, but we do have a perfect leader. So I know you're going to love this one. Okay, guys, here is my conversation with Michelle. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be chatting with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I was telling you before we started recording that I have heard your name from multiple people, including several of the guests that have been on this show, and um, people just telling me about she works his way, uh, your organization, and I'm just excited to actually be talking with the founder because <laughs> it's it is my heartbeat. Like you said, it's it's totally aligns with like my mission and vision as well, and so it's perfect. It's a kindred uh, spirit when you yeah. meet another she works his way woman. Yeah, that's so awesome. Let's start off by uh, you kind of introducing yourself and telling us about your family and what your motherhood looks like.
1: Sure. So I'm Michelle Myers. I live in Asheville, North Carolina. I've been married to James. We'll celebrate 11 years in May, and we have three children. Noah will be eight in about two weeks. Cole just turned five. And then our third is a girl. She's two and a half. So I feel like mm-hmm. I had to start motherhood all over again after having two boys to have a girl. They're mm-hmm. both so wonderful. I feel like I hit the parenting lottery since I get both. Mm-hmm. But motherhood, honestly, this is something that's hard for me, but it's not something I ever wanted. I did mm-hmm. not know I wanted it. I I'm not a natural nurturer. I'm a doer and mm-hmm. I enjoy doing. And so even growing up, you know, my sister would always play house and she wanted to be a teacher. And I just did not have any of those desires. I mm-hmm. played dirty Christian rock star and ran outside on the trampoline and got dirty and hurt mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Dirty um, Christian rock star. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but it's what I always used to say. So that is give awesome. <laughs> in, give you an insight into my childhood. It's terrifying. Yeah, that's like I'm a rebel, but I still go to church, and I'm trying to it, feel bad about it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but motherhood was just this wonderful interruption that I feel like God had for my life that let me see that His plans are so much better than mine.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, motherhood is an everyday thing. I always say in these trenches right now. I would never say that I'm in the hardest season of motherhood because I feel like as you have to give up control, that has to be the hardest season of motherhood Mm -hmm. as you get into those seasons. But it's a physically demanding season of motherhood because you have to do a lot of things for them. But God is teaching me. He teaches me so much through my kids. I've been super grateful that my boys have both come into saving relationships with Christ. And Mm -hmm. so getting to be sharpened by them as new and excited believers has been such a fun season that we're in right now but we have to drive them everywhere. And we've got Mm -hmm. two different schools that are kind of on opposite sides of the city. And so we spend a lot of time in the car and Mm -hmm. we just spend a lot of time playing board games and loving on each other. And I think, you know, a a lot of people say, you know, you spell love time. And I think Mm -hmm. our kids at this age in particular, they spell love play. And Mm -hmm. so we just spend a lot of time playing together and as we play we get to have those conversations that take it to deeper levels and so our future adult relationships that we have with our kids they start right now and so i've loved every season of motherhood and i feel like every season gets a little bit sweeter of course you're always kind of sad to see them grow up because yeah. They don't always mispronounce words anymore, but you just get to enter into new seasons with them. And so it has been the most beautiful interruption
0: that I'm so grateful that God gave me the blessing of getting to be a mom. Yeah. Uh, What a great way to describe it. A beautiful interruption. It is (laughs) when you were talking, when you said Uh, a lot of people say you spell love time. It made me think that uh, my husband has this Bible study leader that he has four adult children now, but when they were younger, he said they, you know, they got to a point in their life when they were looking to buy a lake house. Mm -hmm. And, and so they were looking at one that was 30 minutes away and one that was three hours away. And they chose the one that was three hours away simply so they could have more time with their kids in the car like to get to know them. And, and they were a little older at that point. So they were like, you know, they would say he would, they would start off with their headphones in and, you know, everybody listening to their own thing. And then like an hour outside, they would be like, okay, take your headphones out. It's time to talk. And, you know, and just not in a, you know, not in a way like you're in trouble, but just getting, getting that time with them, because I, I know it gets harder as they get older and they're so involved in activities and, you know, and have their own friends and their own lives, which is good. And it's supposed to be that way. But, it just made me realize like like you said we're starting those adult relationships and friendships with our kids now and so what do you want that to look like and you can have a big say in what that looks like based on how you prioritize your time as a family and i really love that that it's it it puts the power in a sense back in the hands of the the parent instead of saying like, Oh, well, our our activities have just taken, you know, our, our life has run away from us. And yeah. And even though that looks different in different seasons, I think that's encouraging.
1: Absolutely. You can always capture those little moments. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that it's about the quantity of time Mm -hmm. as it is the quality of the time of when we're with our kids. Are we fully present? Are we there? Are we, unplugged, looking at them in their eyes, holding them with both hands. You know, Mm -hmm. those are the things that they'll remember. They, they won't necessarily, you know, feel jaded or slighted by the things that we may tend to feel kind of guilty for. Because Mm -hmm. there are times I think that we all experience a kind of mom guilt, especially for the working mom crowd, because we feel like there was a school field trip this weekend. And I wasn't, I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but I also had the freedom and flexibility to go have lunch with my son this week and right. just to have that time that we could be together in the middle of the day that was unexpected and a surprise. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just take the moments that you have and make sure that you make the
0: moments that you have count. Yeah, absolutely. it's good advice. So then what does your work look like? We can talk a little bit about that.
1: So my, my work is interesting because all of us at the, she works his way team, in addition to the jobs that we have serving at the she works his way team we also like have another job that we work mm. we always say you know we're in the trenches of the she works his way life with you and so mm. i try to batch my work days as best that i can so that i can kind of get in one brain space and not feel like i'm jumping around because it's very difficult for the brain to focus in lots of different directions simultaneously so I do the best that I can and then I have to work around the hours that my my kids are gone. And so when they're in school, that's go time and that's when I get the majority of my stuff done. But also because again, we just kind of can plan from week to week that things are going to happen and that it's not all going to get done in that time. And so my husband and I have agreed that two nights a week we have work nights. And so that means five nights a week after the kids go to bed we're together, but two nights that gives us that extra time so that we can not feel pressure to cram it in Mm -hmm. when something unexpected happens, when one of the kids gets sick and they're home for that day, or when there's an extra something that gets tacked onto the task list, you know, we have that time. And so that has really worked well for us to make sure that we are kind of allotting for it. And if we don't need the two extra work nights and we don't take them, but Mm -hmm. we plan for them so that we can have that time as well as just make sure that we are on the same page so that we're not working on different nights and not getting that time together. So we have mm-hmm. five nights a week where we are tuned in to each other after the kids go to bed to be able to yeah. take that time.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I I work most nights after kids go to bed. Now, I mean, not like all night, but and it it looks different, but probably closer to four to five nights a week. Now it's really not that productive of work because I'm just so tired by that point that my brain is not on, you know, full capacity. So I'm like doing a task and then like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I what 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 am I staring at? Right. Um, but yeah, I like that that you have you guys have agreed on that and found something that works. My husband doesn't have so does yours, did you say he has his own business or we it's, work together. Oh, so um the she works his way is probably the yeah. thing that
1: I'm most active in that people talk about but we right. actually it's a 501c3 called His Way Resources mm-hmm. and so he's written a workbook called the My Life Purpose Guide and so and he also serves as the business manager for every aspect yeah. of
0: Okay. Industry. Cool. So for those that have not heard of She works mm-hmm. his way can you break down what that is what it's all about? Absolutely. So She Works His Way
1: is a ministry that exists for the woman that I always say she feels like there's two different circles where she could belong, but she still feels like she doesn't quite fit. So she doesn't fit in with the girl bosses, but then she also doesn't fit in in a lot of typical women's ministry stuff because she works. And so the stay-at-home mom crowd, she, she has things in common with both women, but just doesn't feel like we fully understand, we fully get each other. And so it is a community that exists for the woman that seeks for God to be first, for her family to be second, and then to serve in her work with excellence for what God has called her and gifted her to do. Mm -hmm. And so we have an app and that's where we post devotionals on Monday through Friday. So we don't want it to replace your quiet time. It's just kind of this idea of here's a thought to kind of, Put your work week in the right direction, in God's direction, from a woman who's in the trenches of the She Works His Way life with you. And then the heartbeat of what we do is She Works His Way membership. So, this is our online community where we come together and we have classes and training and conversation and community on subjects that matter to the She Works His Way life. And so, mm-hmm. it is taking business and work related topics and approaching them from a biblical perspective. So for example, right now we're talking about money and it's money is something that Jesus talked about a lot. 16 of his 38 parables had to do with money and possessions and money is a part of work. And so it's something that we can't ignore and we need to understand his perspective on. But I feel like it's one of the most misunderstood topics probably in Christianity because you can cherry pick the verses that you select from scripture or eliminate a word or two from a verse and completely change the context. And so we go straight to God's word to be able to figure out what he has said rather than trying to figure out our opinion after listening to a lot of business advice from the world. Mm -hmm. And so it is not a certain career that connects us. Mm-hmm. It's that priority order. And so it's so much fun to see women from all work backgrounds come together and have so much in common simply
0: because we share priorities. Yeah. Man, what you said about that so many of us do not identify fully with the girl bosses, but also don't fully identify with the mops groups or whatever that that looks like for you as a mom. Your churches, you know, or the the Friday, you know, play dates, the Mm -hmm. the the neighborhood play dates, so the things that you might get invited to, but you're like, but those are, I have to work, like, you know, I would love to do that, but those are, that's my, those are my work hours, or you know, that time when your friends are getting together and doing lunch, you have to go be productive, and I think that so many of us find ourselves in that tension of you know, yes, like I identify with a lot of the, the women in the space who are, you know, the female bosses, the lady bosses, you know, all those silly hashtags that I kind of hate. But you're trying to find like, okay, well, where can I find that inspiration to like work hard, to work well, to be excellent? Like, of course, that's... If I'm gonna spend time away from my kids, if I'm gonna spend time doing anything, I certainly just want to do it really well. So I want to get this business advice. But I also have to keep in mind that like a lot of that business advice out there in the world is not coming from... From a believer, not coming right. from someone who loves God, not coming from someone who believes in upholding a certain moral standard of X, you know, according to the Bible and what God says is good for us and that we shouldn't love money or worship money. And so it's, it's really challenging. Like it, it honestly is its own entire sphere of like growth and maturity as a, as a believer and a business person, because you are straddling so many lines and you are trying to find where you fit and You know, and there isn't really a a box and culture for for that type of a person. So it's, I I love the ministry idea and concept, obviously, because it is really providing a space for those women to connect and, and to find support and to, and sometimes it's just knowing I'm not the only one who is, who is actually trying to walk this out well Mm -hmm. and do it well and, and struggling all the, all the way, the whole way Mm -hmm. figuring, you know, and making mistakes about. How much should I be working? And am I paying attention to my kids? But am I working with excellence and all of those things? So so we have all of those conversations all the time. So it's
1: it has yeah. been so fun because I feel like this woman largely, until she finds she works his way, she feels like everywhere she is, she's misunderstood. Mm. And so it's such mm. a relief. And I literally see the relief on their faces when they come in because they're like, I finally have a place where I am understood and I belong. Mm-hmm. So... So when did you start it? It started unofficially about five or six years ago. And it was me and three other women who are all part of the She Works His Way team now. And we just started meeting on Google Hangout at 5 a.m. And wow. it was us having this conversation of how do we keep God first? How mm. do we serve our families well and basically not sell out our soul for a business? And Mm -hmm. we just kept having that conversation every week. And they really encouraged me to start a social media platform. They were like, I don't feel like this message is out there. You really, you need to, you need to get it out there. Mm -hmm. Start just saying the things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so I did and it exploded. It grew faster than any other social media account that I'd had. And then after it was, and it worked for a while just being on social Mm -hmm. media. I mean, I really just kind of thought like it was this online journal. of this is what God is teaching me and let's have this conversation. And it was really resonating. But social media, even though not everybody treats it this way, social media is not the right platform to have every conversation. And so as we started having more of these conversations with these women, we realized that we needed a place where we could go deeper. Mm -hmm. And so that was when the membership community came available so that we could have this place to have those deeper conversations among believers, among sisters Mm -hmm. that were more just again, not topics that need to be tackled in public forum. Mm -hmm. And so we had a home and then from that membership, we needed a daily touch. And so that was when the app came in. Mm -hmm. And so having all of these virtual connections, that was when I was like, I want to hug these women. I want to meet them face to face. Mm -hmm. And so that was when two years ago we started the narrow conference. And so it's in the fall in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. This year is October 11th and 12th. I'm so excited. We've got Lisa Whittle speaking. Sandra Stanley is speaking, as well as our She Works His Way team to just come together and have that FaceTime and have that community that God told us that we needed to not neglect meeting together. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy in today's culture to mm-hmm. just do it as convenience. And community is so important real community, yeah. not just scrolling on social media and pretending like it's community. Right. And so, It has been so much fun to just kind of watch it grow and evolve over the years into into what God wanted it to be and what is serving the needs of women that identify with this mission.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. I love Asheville. I visited with my best friend a couple years or maybe like a year and a half ago, and it was so fun. We did a lot of, we didn't really hang out downtown a whole lot, but we did a lot of hiking.
1: Yes. It's so beautiful here. And especially in the fall. I mean,
0: it was the fall and we were obsessed. I know. I was like, I want to live here. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So we'll definitely put a link in the show notes to that, that conference. That sounds like such a fun place to meet other women and network. And I would imagine there's even, you know, some awesome business connections that have come from that for people.
1: Yes, we've had so many people that have found. We don't call them success partners in our realm of community. We call them purpose partners, and we've had so many purpose partners come out of the Mm Narrow Conference and meetups that happen. They meet women who are close, and Mm -hmm. they get together, and you know, throughout the year, not just at Narrow, and Mm -hmm. that has just been so much fun to watch. That's so cool.
0: Okay, so how are you seeing God's grace in your life right now? How how are you seeing that being worked out?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: If I just had to go with
1: what I read in my quiet time this morning. So I'm in Romans right now. Mm -hmm. And in Romans nine verse 23, it says, and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. I just love that picture of us being, we're vessels of mercy. That's, that's who we are. Mm -hmm. We, and then it's, he chooses us to display the, re- the riches of His glory while we're just vessels of mercy. And I, I love that picture of, you know, I think mercy just extends that, that grace that He has for us of so undeserved, but from a God whose love is so strong that it didn't matter that we didn't deserve it. And I think that we just have to live in awe of what Jesus did on the cross and His resurrection. Mm -hmm. And just constantly keeping that before our minds, because when we do that, then A, it puts all the struggles that we're going to encounter in perspective Mm -hmm. of look at the sacrifices that my savior made for me. And so any way that I can be a picture of his grace to the world, I'm willing and I'm in, even if Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable, even if it's inconvenient, even if I don't like it, even if it wasn't in my five-year plan. Mm-hmm. I'll do it because his purposes matter more than my plans.
0: Right. Yeah, and you're totally describing like your ideal audience as well, these these working women that the the path to being a working mom. Now, I mean, on Kindle we define work as whatever you do with your hands, like the work of your hands whether you're getting a paycheck or not. Right. Um, but to pursue any sort of work including motherhood, it's not the easiest way. It's not the easiest path. Like mm-hmm. it would be easier to just either not have kids, not work, not make that extra income, not serve those people at church, not lead that small group, not right. get involved in your community, not not be part of your neighborhood group, you know, whatever it is that you're doing and that we find ourselves engaged in it's very rarely the easiest way forward and so not only does it stand out from what the world does but it does you know sometimes if you get into that bad spot of like being overwhelmed and being stressed out by all of the things that you're doing And you forget what you just mentioned about that we are vessels of mercy and that Christ has invited us into his work. Your perspective gets off. And in times like that, where I have been in that spot, I've thought like, why am I doing all this? Like, I just want to be done. I just want to check out or I just, Mm -hmm. I just, let's just like quit. How about I just quit all the things? And you hear about people like quitting something every week, like Bob Goff Mm -hmm. does that. Sometimes that sounds attractive to me. And I'm like, I want to quit something every week. Like, how can can I do that? How come I don't get to quit something every week? But like, it is often tied to that lack of perspective on what we're doing in the eternal spiritual sense and the work that he's inviting us into and that it is not work that we have to do or else God's plan fails. It's like, that's not how it works, right? Like that kind of pressure is not healthy for anybody to carry, but it's just, it is reorienting to see his plan and to see that, wow, like I get to be a part of this. I don't, it is not like I have to, I get to. And, um, and it also just removes the pressure of I have to do all the things so that when when you're in a season where you do have to quit something or you're having a, another kid and you can't do as much as you did last year, mm. it's okay. It's, you're going to live and God is going to still be able to use you even if your work looks different. So,
1: well, and I think so many times too, when we're tempted to quit or we start thinking about quitting, it's because we're basing that on results. Mm-hmm. Of what we think should have happened by now, or mm-hmm. how people should have responded to that, or how well it should have gone over. Yeah, and God does results. Like our job is to serve where He's placed us and to use our gifts, talents, and abilities as stewards of His grace, like First Peter four ten tells us. You know, we have to. That's our job, and then He does results. He works in ways we can't see. He. Produces those things, and so we can't merely take earthly measurements mm-hmm. and try to place those on spiritual
0: assignments. Right, it doesn't work that way, right? Which it, the world doesn't understand that because they're like, well, if something isn't working, you know, something's wrong. You got to fix it. You got to find the find the the weak spot in your business, and you know, and I think there you're walking a fine line there always as a believer always. of of being like, yeah, of course there are you know, marketing techniques or strategies that I could improve in or skills I could learn that would help me in my business. But at the same time, just because you're not profitable right away or, you know, or it doesn't look how somebody says it should look doesn't right. mean you shouldn't be doing it. And and I mm-hmm. learned that with this podcast even because right away I, you know, well, when I first started, I, I really had no intention of ever turning it into any sort of business. I just was like, I just want to be having these conversations with women. That's it. Like I want to I wanna have these conversations myself. I assume other women are probably in the same spot. They want to be talking about these things. Hadn't even heard of your ministry yet, but you know, it's the same idea. It's just like I just want to talk about it. I want, I want to be, I want to find other people like me. And and encourage each other and build each other up and provide a community like that. But eventually I realized, okay, I got to, I'm going to have to do something to help this like pay for itself. I like this. This is not just purely a ministry in the sense that I I can't afford to, you know, fund it from my other business, which is web design. So I was like, all right, what am I going to do to do that? And for a while, I actually felt the Holy Spirit tell me to pause on that front. And, Mm no don't be profitable like don't try and turn this into another enterprise because you're that's what you're already good at you are already really good at finding a way to you know monetize anything that you do and i and that is like that's not a hard thing for me to figure out cuz i i just all have a skill and then i'll turn into a business but this was something that i felt like he really said i want you to do this until i tell you that it's okay for you to try and help it pay for itself at least like break even and I just felt such peace about that. I was like, okay, I don't need to get advertisers. I don't need to worry. God is providing the money over here in this other business for me to do this podcast because yep. he wants to teach me something in that, that it's not about profit. It's not about the pursuit of power or you know or money in in this ministry. It, he wanted my heart more in it and right. not saying that it's wrong to, to make money on a podcast. I am now doing advertising, so it's okay, but... For a while, for about a year, I felt just no, don't do that yet. And it was weird because never have I ever in my life been like, no, I don't, I don't want to make money on that. You know, it's been like I'm the one going around telling women like you should be charging more, your prices are way too low. I'm like, you gotta, no way, that's crazy. So it was just really cool to see how he used this one thing to show me like, I'm not gonna measure your success the same way that the world tells you. I don't okay. care about how many downloads I don't care about how much money I don't care about how many how much Patreon support. That's not why I'm asking you to do it, you know? And yeah. so it was really cool to just be like, okay, I trust you. Like I'll, yes. I'll let you lead yep. and you'll tell me when it's okay. And you'll tell me when it's time. And he did. And yeah. And then he provided like, you know, two advertisers right away, literally out of I the blue that. that it was just like, I didn't have to struggle and strive. He provided it when it was time. Right surrender typically yields better results than striving. (laughs) Yeah. How, how come it takes us so long to learn that? I mean, we're learning it over and over in every different category of our lives, right? True. So hard. So how did you kind of push through like the early stages of launching something? I mean, I'm curious about, you said that social media grew right away. Did the membership site start growing when you, when you set it up or what did it look like to kind of transition your audience on social to a membership platform?
1: So, you know, we were, we were really patient, you know, we didn't rush anything. So when I, I know I kind of ran through our story pretty quickly, but we were exclusively a social media platform for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And so we grew an audience that, that trusted us. We didn't just see dollar signs and try to abort ship, but I realized that we had a flaw because we couldn't talk about everything that we wanted to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that if I wanted the business to be able to last, that I needed to give it some stuff so we could keep the lights on. And so the intention was never to even quit our other jobs. It was just merely can this be an extension of a ministry where the majority of the funds support it to make it run Mm -hmm. and allow us to grow and to do more to serve these women? Mm -hmm. And so I think you just push through by seeing the women that are being changed and watching God work. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing about ministry. And, you know, ministry doesn't necessarily mean that it has a Igthus in the logo. It just merely Mm -hmm. means that you're a believer and that's where you are. And so as we were doing God's work and we were getting to join him in his work, that's enough to keep you going Mm -hmm. because he can do so much more than we can. And so it was so fun. To be able to watch him doesn't mean that we didn't have hard moments, that we don't have struggle points, that there's not frustrations or disappointments. Absolutely. There's still all of those elements, but you make your decisions based on what you know in the light. And the light is when you are seeing him unquestionably. And that's when you just know this is what he has called me to. And so no matter what comes our way, we are committed to this mission and we are committed Mm -hmm. to this purpose
0: and we are committed to serving this woman. That's so cool. And I I would imagine, I mean, I don't, like you said, I don't know the full story, but I would imagine because you approached it that way and you, you approached it from an angle of serving and being authentic with your audience and not trying to sell them something and not just making them feel instantly like there was a there was a sales pitch right around the corner, but you were you showed up and you served for a year and a half. Like that's yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a good long time to build a relationship with someone. And then, you know, because of that, they were excited to buy from you when you had an option for them. Right.
1: Right. And so and too, you know, we can't can't take the credit for Mm -hmm. what happened because there were so many, so many evidence points where we could just clearly see God's hand and see him moving through all of it. And so it kept us, it keeps us not kept keeps Mm -hmm. us really humble and really excited to continue to show up
0: to see what he's going to do next. That's really cool. So did you feel like there was you know, as you were growing a membership site, did you feel like there was a a tipping point when you kind of knew, okay, this is going to be the model or has it just been like a slow, steady growth since you kind of made that shift?
1: I think we've probably had seasons of of both, but I think most of it has just been making sure that we stay dependent on God Mm. so that we have four elements of what we call the, she works his way filter. So it's this idea of when we get business training, because we, we learn from a lot of different people in business, but it's, we take it through this filter and go, okay, but does this teaching keep me dependent on God? And that's the first one, because Mm -hmm. the second that I'm relying on self-sufficiency, I'm on really dangerous ground. And so dependent on God is probably the first thing. The other three are just a fierce commitment to the gospel. It's the understanding that my work joins his, it's not inviting God to join my mission. It is how Mm -hmm. does my mission support his overall mission? And then Understanding that the roles that he's given us in our family, those are assignments that he's entrusted only to us. Mm-hmm. And so I am my husband's only wife. I am my children's only mom. That is not an assignment that God has entrusted to anyone else. And so I can't elevate any outside calling that someone else could do in my mm-hmm. absence over that. And so I have to make sure that I treat that assignment with the trust that God entrusted it to me. I have Mm -hmm. to be trustworthy in that assignment that I think from some people's perspective, they'll view as small and insignificant. Mm -hmm. It's so sad to me when I meet a woman and I ask her about herself and she's like, Oh, I'm just a mom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just a mom. Yeah. You are a soul shaper. You are entrusted the life of a human being to shape by your creator. There is no just, a uh, about yeah. that, you know? And so we have to take those assignments seriously. And then we're also, is this going to make me effective in my work? And effective is the word that we use in place of successful because success can go dangerous places. Success is not bad, right. but it is dangerous if success becomes the goal and the end all be all. And mm-hmm. I have talked with and observed many people who were successful and ineffective. And I don't want to be ineffective. I want to look back at my life and not just be able to look at stuff that I accumulated or numbers that are in my bank account, Mm -hmm. but be able to see lives that have been impacted Mm -hmm. because I chose to
0: show up. Wow. That's such an important distinction. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I've heard anyone put it that way, but I love... I love that, uh, that differentiation there between success and, and being effective because we do see so many people and, and this is kind of, you know, you, you will hear this from older people like, Oh, you know, um, I sure wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard. I wish this and that, and this and that. And it's like, they could, they could have a very nicely padded bank account and be really sad about how their life turned out if they weren't. Like, in the present, when it was happening, and they were so focused on it's so easy to get focused on the future, and I got to set myself up and I gotta make sure I'm successful and all of these things in my career. but yeah, and and that is you see that in culture all the time that you know, I mean, success is is their God, is the world's yeah. God. and and that is that is what is driving so many clickbait links, you know, the, the five best ways to do this because you want to be the most successful. And, you know, again, not to say it's bad to be successful. It's good to, to, like you said, like we, we should have, we should be working with excellence. We shouldn't be right. trying to do a halfway job. Like that doesn't, right. that doesn't honor God. Like he doesn't want us right. to, to only give it, you know, half our effort or 50%. But, but like you said, that thinking of, is this actually, does this make me effective in the eternal sense. And Mm -hmm. how do you like quantify that in your own life? How do you look at anything you might be about to do or pursue, or maybe if it's a new, you know, I don't know, program service offering for your, your community, how do, how do you define being effective?
1: You know, I think you, you test it before you charge for it. It's probably the first thing that I would say Mm -hmm. is you don't just want to launch a product or a service. You want to, you know, test it. And then when it's done, it's proven, to where you're understanding and get to know the impact. You don't have to wonder if this is going to impact. You know that it does. And so that changes the confidence that you have, not in yourself, but in the call that God has put on your life and the burden that he's put in your heart. And so I would say, find a way to test drive. And that way, when you are talking to people about what God has called you to do, you don't have to talk about it in theory or with question, mm-hmm. you get to talk about it in the confidence that you have
0: in God and his call on your life. So cool. Lots of gems here. I love oh, this. Good. So let's talk, you, you mentioned to me a little bit about what you were learning. Let's talk about that, what you are learning in your life now as the leader of this community and this, you know, ministry and this mission, like, you've been at this five years, five, six years, that's kind of when businesses start to hum along and it starts to kind of feel like, okay, like we're getting the hang of it. You know, that's that stage in business where some of the initial pain, growing pains start to kind of wear away and you, you figure out where you're at. So I'm curious to hear where you feel like you're, you're really growing and, and what you're learning now.
1: So every once in a while, you know, I, I read a passage and I, I love, I, I do, I love to teach God's word. I love his word. I love sharing what I feel like he is teaching me with Mm -hmm. others. And so it's rare, just going to be completely honest, because my husband always says he gets two quiet times. He gets his and then he gets the version of mine after I have (laughs) mine and I just relay it all to him. I do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. So even if it's not a public teaching forum, like I'm like, kids, sit down, husband, sit down. Let me. Teach you what was super exciting. So it's rare that I read something and I sit on it and I read and I reflect mm-hmm. and just kind of can't move past it. To I'm like, okay, I don't even know where to start with this. And so in November, I started reading through the gospels and I got to Matthew 23 and Jesus is having a conversation with the Pharisees, which are some of my favorites because he never minced words when he talked to them. But he was basically calling them out for their love of being seen and known and awesome. And there were these titles and things that they were grasping at all the time in Jesus's words. So this is Matthew 23, and I'm going to read verse eight and verse 10. And it says, but do not be called rabbi for one is your teacher and you are all brothers. And then verse 10 says, do not be called leaders for one is your leader and that is Christ. Hmm. So what this means after I've been able to sit on this for months and let God just kind of show me is it doesn't mean don't lead. It doesn't mean don't teach. It just means don't identify yourself by that title and don't feel like that is what makes you worthy. And that is what gives you your place in the kingdom. It it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so when we are not trying to be the teacher, but we merely view people as our brothers and sisters in Christ and understand that we have one teacher. And so I'm not competing with you. I'm not viewing myself on this slippery scale of I'm either better than you or I'm worse than you. I'm viewing us as All people following one teacher and learning from him together. And then also not being focused on, I'm going to take the pressure. Of being a leader on me because these people are following me and this is all about me. And so Mm -hmm. I have to have all of these things and I have to do and I have to be perfect and I have to say the right stuff at all the right times and Mm -hmm. I have to be present and perfect on social media. And now, thanks to Instagram stories, I need full makeup every day too. Like it just kind of puts all of these pressure points on ourselves. And if we try to withstand that pressure, we will quit Mm -hmm. because we are limited, finite. Humans designed to have dependence upon God who has no limits. And so the more that we are in those positions where we are teaching, we need to be taught. We need to be taught by Jesus. We need to be corrected by Jesus. We need to be corrected by his word. We need to have other people that are also walking with Christ who come alongside us, who sharpen us in our walk and call truth out when they see it in our lives and hold us accountable to the things that we don't do perfectly, that see our weaknesses, that see our imperfections, that love us through them, but love us enough to tell us the truth and not just applaud and double tap and golf clap and tell us we're wonderful all the time. Mm -hmm. We need those. And then the same thing is true for leading of the more you lead or the more people you lead, the more you need to be led. Yeah. The more you need to be led by God, the more time you, we have to spend in his word, the more time we have to spend on our knees, because the more people that are looking to us, the more we have to look to him. It is a, it is yeah. a reflection. That is what the apostle Paul meant when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. It was get in line as we follow him, not look to me because I'm just like Jesus. And so many times I feel like leaders and teachers put that pressure on ourselves. We are Mm -hmm. never going to be Jesus. We were all in need of a savior lost and dying in our sin. And so we can teach and we can lead, Mm -hmm. but from a place of being taught, being led and dependence.
0: Mm, Preach. I love it. It's all so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's so true that we have to follow so we can lead. We, we cannot I pictured like, uh, I thought of the verse now I can't think of the reference, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I thought of like having horses yoked or whatever animals, cows yoked. And what that looks like is the one in front. Is pulling like the the biggest proportion of the weight. The ones behind are still yoked. They're still in line. They're following, but they're not bearing the brunt of the weight. There's right. there's still real responsibility. There's still real things. There's still people behind there. There's still animals behind them. There's followers. They are ahead of someone, but they're not the leader. And right. and so they're not pulling the full weight. And I think that the mistake that we can make and why so many of us get so burned out is because we do put ourselves at the front. We say, I'm the one with the yoke. I've got to pull this way. I've got to carry this family. I've got to carry this business. I got to lead my followers on social media or real life or my small group made that mistake, you know, and, and then we wonder why we're burned out and we wonder why we're like, I can't do this. God, I just, this is too much. It's, I need to quit something. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. and not to say you should be doing everything and there's no limits and you, you should, you know, be overly committed. That's not, I'm, I'm not saying that, but that our capacity increases when He's the one carrying the weight. Our capacity increases when we're letting Him bear the burden that He is always intended to bear. He didn't ever mean for us to carry that weight. He meant for us to follow and then lead those who come after us and lead those who He puts in our circles. Like you said, your ministry is. You are you are in ministry because you are somewhere and you are a believer. That's and right. it's just it's such a different way to think about it when you're not like, all right, how am I gonna go lead this these people? It's like no, how are you gonna follow? like That's how right. do you follow? What does the following look like? and that role is so much more important than the leader you know than, yeah. than you developing yourself as a leader like no develop yourself as a follower right
1: Follow is actually the name of our series for April and she works his way. So we're doing money right now and follow is next. Because this is, this is what has been on, on our hearts. And so we want to dig into this because I know it sounds really spiritual and it is, but there is a way to get practical about spiritual of what are Mm -hmm. some practical ways that I can bring this into my life. And so we have a dual commitment and she works his way to start spiritual, but move into the practical. And so I'm so excited to dig into this together. That's
0: so cool. Okay. Well, I'm joining when we get off this call. Um, so excited. And I guarantee you, you're going to have so many people listening to this. Like, how do I, <laughs> how do I get on this? And I might have to bump this episode up and have it air earlier. So, cause the whole topic of this conversation, like I want people to not miss that. So is the content that you do each month, it's, is it like ever, is it available after the fact evergreen or does it go away or. So we keep a two month
1: rotation up at all mm-hmm. times because we found that when, There was, you know, hundreds of classes in the archive. It was too overwhelming for people to even Mm -hmm. go through and try to find. Mm -hmm. You can still search the archives and you can have access to them. They're just in a different place Mm -hmm. inside the membership portal. And so previous classes can be purchased by members for five bucks. And so it's super simple to be able to go in if they're watching, you know, or listening to this later and they want to know,
0: can Mm -hmm. I go back and can I hear that series? You absolutely can. That's so cool. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I thank you so much for sharing all of this and and just what you're learning. It's really inspiring. It's really encouraging. And it's, it's cool to hear someone who has walked the same road and, and is still walking it. And I know that's what all your members are saying because I'm late to the party. Um, so what advice do you give to someone who's like, I'm, I'm starting something, I want to start something, or I'm trying to start something. What are the, what are like the three or however many things you want to say that would be essential before beginning that journey? Because you've done this with a lot of people.
1: Right. So I think the main thing is, you know, I think people all the time are like, Michelle, you're so creative. Wow. How did you come up with this? And I'm like, y'all, I just paid attention. That was all i paid attention. And so that's what I would say to you is pay attention. You know, what are the things that the people are coming to you? What do they have in common? You know, what do they need? And then how can you help them? And if you can figure out how to do that, then do that. And get really good at it. And Mm -hmm. when you get really good at it, then scale it. You Mm -hmm. know, that's the progression of doing a business that serves is figuring out what people are coming to you about anyway, Mm -hmm. meeting a need, a real Mm -hmm. need that's there and helping them through that and staying in the same place and getting better at it over time. Yeah. So that would be the main thing. The second thing that I would tell you is to respect your season. Mm -hmm. Don't sacrifice what matters most. Don't get that scarcity mindset to think if I don't do this now, I'm going to get left behind. There's Mm -hmm. such a difference between being at the beginning and being left behind. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to have a beginning when it's in the beginning. And so be patient and do not despise small beginnings. Like the Bible says, Mm -hmm. don't despise that. Let God teach you in small spaces, because if you let him teach you in small spaces and grow you in small spaces, you will be ready for his promotions when they come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think I've heard the line, maybe this is from you guys. I don't know, um, but God is the best promoter. He is. I I love that line. I think that's so cool. Whether you work for a corporation or you work for yourself, God is the best promoter. He is. Um, So my final three questions are, do you have any like life hacks or mom tips that kind of helps you kind of just feel a little more organized in your life or something that has kind of helped simplify? So this is something that's
1: new to our lives. So my oldest is in the first grade. And so homework is new for us this year. And he's, he's not a huge fan. He gets home and he wants to go outside and play. And of course his siblings get to play and then he's sitting there. And so a really simple swap. That has helped us is rather than you looking at, I have to continue doing my schoolwork at home. We look at it as this is your chance to be able to show mom and dad what you're learning at school and Mm -hmm. to be able to bring us into that process. And so when he feels like he's showing off, then he doesn't mind it as much. And so if Mm -hmm. homework is a battle in your house, try that.
0: That would have worked for me really well as a kid. I was, I, yeah, I wanted someone to listen to me. So that would have been perfect. Exactly. That's great. And then what do you do for fun? We, we just spend time as a
1: family. We love being outside. You've been to Asheville, so you know how beautiful mm-hmm. it is here. So we are, we live in the mountains and we're four hours from the beach and about mm-hmm. two hours from the lake. And so anytime that we can be outside and be together, enjoy his creation, that is my absolute happy place. Mm-hmm. I love being in a spot where I'm just, I'm with my people. And then I, I just love quality time with people that sharpen me and make me better. And so yeah, I prefer like really, really large groups or like one-on-one. Okay. Like those are, those are my two, two favorites. So does that make you,
0: are, are you introverted or extroverted? I am a extroverted introvert. I'm oh, no, okay. I'm
1: an extroverted introvert. So I love okay. people, but I, I recharge and I need like my alone yeah. time, mm-hmm. but I,
0: I love people. Okay. I just need to recharge alone. Yeah. I'm the same. Well, I I'm the same way in the sense I need to recharge alone. I wouldn't go so far to say I love people. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that a bad thing? Like um, I actually, I'm just saying I prefer like the one-on-one like you described. So mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah, yeah. I feel
1: like it's easier in a really large group
0: or mm-hmm. in that one-on-one setting to go deep. Right. Because in the large group, you still find one person, right. That you're talking. Right. To. Yeah. And so when you're in that, like 12 to 40 people and people are talking about the weather, Like, those are the moments when I'm like, I'm out stressed. Yeah. I I get like anxiety. I get like neck aches and headaches in some contexts like that, where I'm like, because I feel the pressure. Like, I need to work the room and I talk to everybody. I need to, you know, it's just like, but in a larger group, you don't feel that pressure because it's impossible. Yes. Okay. So then how do you rest?
1: So the first thing is Sundays are a very protected family day and just day for the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I think for a long time, I struggled because first, my kids nap better on Sunday afternoons. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this practical thing of, okay, God, why, why, why can I not get a few things done here when it's quiet? And mm-hmm. it was like, because I just need you to have a day where you can be with me so that I can pour into you so that you're ready to go back to work. Yeah. And I look at the Sabbath as my time tithe. And so it's mm-hmm. literally trusting God with one seventh of my productivity. And mm-hmm. so that's one thing that has dramatically helped me. And I used to be just real. I used to dread it. I used to be like, oh, I can't, I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Sundays are so hard. And yeah. now I long for them and I look forward to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing that I do to rest is, you know, because I rest doesn't always mean, you know, Sleeping. I'm <laughs> sitting, I'm sitting somewhere and my feet are propped mm-hmm. up and, you know, I'm getting my. Toenails painted, which I mean, Mm -hmm. I I love that too, Mm -hmm. you know. But risk for me could be I'm gonna meet a friend at a coffee shop and we're gonna have a really chill conversation, or the kids are gonna go to bed and my husband and I are gonna turn our phones off and hang out, Mm -hmm. you know. So just find different ways to unplug, and then this is the last tip that I'll give for the working people is just don't scroll. Every second you get a free chance because that stimulates your brain and it doesn't allow your brain to go to a creative, subconscious place when it is stimulated. And if your brain is overstimulated when you're trying to work and be creative, it will be more difficult. And mm-hmm. so, if you currently scroll at a stoplight in the bathroom, anytime you get a free second, stop. Allow your brain to have some downtime, retrain yourself, renew your mind pray in that time do whatever you need to do to be able to allow your brain to have some time where it is not constantly under stimulation yeah and you will
0: have such an easier time being creative when you need to be i totally agree with you and find it hard myself to not always be being, uh, you know, mentally stimulated because even sometimes in the shower, I, I love listening to podcasts, but I don't get a ton of time to do that because my work is a lot, a lot of writing. And so I can't be listening to a podcast and be writing. And so. I will sometimes put my phone up on the ledge of the shower so that I can listen. But when I don't do that, I find that's some of my best thinking time. Like I'm actually, I, I come up with new ideas. I have clarity on things that I was think, that I have not yet determined what to do about a situation. And just a couple of days ago, I was at the doctor's office and I was waiting and um, I was sitting next to an older man who was sitting there just doing nothing, like staring into the room. And I, you know, got my phone out and I looked up, I was like, he's not doing anything. And I looked around and every single other person, even other elderly people were on their phones, just looking down. And I was like, I wonder what that guy's experience is like versus everybody else's because we're all, you know, consuming, consuming, absorbing, absorbing, scrolling information, downloading, processing. And he's just sitting there thinking, you know, (laughs) what an interesting, you know, juxtaposition just, I, it made me curious and it made me, you know, it made me put my phone down and go like, I want to, I want to do that too. I want to just not be in that consumptive mode that is um, so second nature to us now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, it is just your default. And I know my friends are saying the same thing. Like I just pick it up out of habit. I don't even care. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want to see this. I don't care about this stuff <laughs> like Right. It's crazy. So, that's good advice. Yeah. We needed I I I need to, I need to stop carrying my phone with me to every room of the house. You know, like Yes. If I go to my room, I got to bring my phone. If I go to the kitchen, I got to bring my phone. Like I don't need to bring my phone everywhere. It's
1: so I, will I have I have an Apple Watch and I know yeah. that there's probably a ton of bells and whistles that it has, but basically, this is my flip phone. Yeah. To where I can go outside with my kids. And if my husband's not home and he needs to text or call, I can get it on my watch and I can leave my phone in the house. And so Mm -hmm. I have, there's no email, there's no social media. I don't have anything like that on this. And Mm -hmm. so that was like the one thing that I wanted for, for Christmas last year is, and that was my, that was how I've gotten way less dependent cuz you do sometimes need to remain reachable sure. yes when you're unplugged that and can so be the excuse me. yeah yes yeah. so this allows me to be reachable without right. any of the temptation to do anything exactly
0: else. yeah that's a good idea i have an, an apple watch too and it has i mean it has instagram on it but i don't who's going to look at instagram on your watch like really that's i don't know that's silly, but I like that idea of like even taking email off of it. Cause I yeah. think I get dings when I get emails on it. I have no, I have no
1: email. I have no notifications. The only thing that comes through are texts and calls.
0: Yeah. And that's all we we're worried Winter about. tells me to breathe. Right. I know. And I ignore that. I'm like, shut up. I don't wanna I don't wanna breathe right now. <laughs> I'm breathing. I'm breathing. I'm alive. Yeah. I'm breathing. Thanks for your concern, Siri. Thank you. So Thank good. you so much. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Well, Michelle, it's been so fun to talk with you. Um, where can people find you online? Join She Works His Way, learn more about the narrow conference.
1: Yes. So SheWorksHisWay.com is your BFF. And so if you'll go there in the top right-hand corner, you'll see a button. You'll click that. And then you are just a few clicks away from being a She Works His Way member. We would love to have you come in. You can follow us at Way on Instagram, and you can find me at Michelle L. Myers. And that's Myers, M-Y-E-R-S.
0: Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending an hour with me. This has been a blast. Thanks for having me. Okay, so if you have not left a rating and review for this podcast, Kindled, and you like it, then please would you do that. You can go to the podcast app on your phone and click a star rating. That's the first step. And the second step is actually writing some words and submitting them. That's the rating and the review part. Both are important both really helped the show get found. And I would appreciate you so much. If you want to DM me on Instagram at HaleyWilliamsKindled and let me know that you did that. I will send you a million heart eye emojis and some other nice words. So let me know if you do that. And I would love to send you a thank you. If you guys aren't following me on Instagram, go do that. It's haloinghams.kindled. I'm also on Facebook. You can just search Kindled Podcast and you'll find it as well. And we also have a private Facebook group for Kindled listeners. Well, the easiest way to find it is just go to kindledpodcast.com and click the button to join the community. Scroll a little bit down on the page and you will see that. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Have an amazing week. Uh, come back next week. I'm going to be chatting with Cheryl Scruggs. I bet a lot of you have heard Cheryl's story of how she and her husband, Jeff, they got divorced and were actually separated for seven years before getting remarried. It's an amazing story. Her testimony is just awesome. And yeah, you're going to love it. So don't miss out on next week's episode. Okay. I'll talk to you then. Have an awesome week. Bye guys.